Hello, this is Ken, your podcast preacher, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Fearsome, When Fear Gets Confused as Wisdom. This is a multi-episode series, and with this is episode four of five. Now, before I get going, I want to address the elephant in the room. This sounds like it's a money message. That is a message on money, but it's not. As I've stated before in some of my other messages, I get the title of these messages and then I get a download. Strange enough, this was a download that I got for this title. And as I say at the end of all my messages, take what you need, leave the rest. Let's get back to this message. I thought I was done with this message, but as I was editing this document, I saw this table and couldn't help but reflect on the fact that many of these people are earning wages for the devil to use. Some of these peeps have given enormous amounts of funds to Planned Parenthood, for example. Now, my thought wasn't that we control where they give it, but that we get in a space where their giving becomes insignificant to the giving of the church. In other words, as a church becomes wealthy, as the Bible says, he lays up the wealth of the rich for us, that we would give to the right things, that we would give to those who really need it, that we would use it to make disciples, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, not to build giant buildings which down the road, when hard times fall on everybody, we can't afford to pay the rent. No doubt Jesus will not be impressed with all of the churches that we have on this planet. He will be more impressed with how you acted as the church, for you are the church. A church without an address. Let's go to Second Chronicles 9.27. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones, and he made cedar trees as abundant as the sycamores which are in the lowlands. What? Is this not the same God we serve today? Will it kill us Christians that some of us become billionaires? I know what Jesus asked his disciples. Mark 10, 23, 25. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So now trust is the operative word here, not money, riches, silver, or gold. Trust in or love of money are the toxins that can keep us poor regardless of how much money we have. 1 Timothy 6.10 King Solomon didn't trip up on money, nor did King David. Job wasn't doing half bad either. And I think Abraham had a couple of nickels he could rub together. Can we not billionize the world with the love of Jesus and Christian kingdom projects? Why can't we have schools that teach biblical curriculum? Because we can't afford it. We can't afford it because nobody's given to the church. They say that it's only 10% of the people who attend who are giving. And yet they probably complain about the education their kids are getting. Would we not then stop complaining about how the devil is using other people's money? to perpetuate his kingdom? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Now I know for the hyper-religious they might think, ah, you become rich because you got saved. I'm telling you it's greater than that. If money wasn't necessary, it wouldn't exist. So I'm not here to argue all positions. If King David and King Solomon could handle the wealth of God, ought not we? 
some of us. Poverty is not a spiritual gift or position that exists in the kingdom of God. And by all means, stop believing that you will get all the money you need once you get to heaven. Listen, do not take your gifts and talents unused back home to the kingdom. You will give an account, and fear and poverty will not be an acceptable excuse. Get your money, give your money, period. I would rather have one person who wants to learn the principles and value of money, wealth management, if you will, than 100,000 people who just want money, not to solve a long-term, kill-the-root problem, but to meet a short-term need which will crop up in the next harvest. What? Did I just imply that if you are not wealthy, that it may be because you are reaping what you sow? Now, but as much as I have talked about money, charitable giving, fake Robin Hoods, and poverty-minded, broke people who are usually stubborn to the core, as well as unteachable and hard-hearted, did I say anything about the taker spirit? Ah, yes, I did. And I will use the taker word to segue right back into the start of this message. I will read it again as it has no doubt, especially if you are struggling financially, been a long trip. Fear is here to steal because it is propagated by the one who came to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10.10 The thief cometh not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. And I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. We should not miss the hidden in plain sight definition of the nature of the one who has come to kill, steal, and destroy. He is a thief. Okay, so but earlier I stated that this might be or should be a message on money or giving or seed time and harvest time or generosity or cut or tithing and offering or financial prosperity or greed. Or well, you get the point, right? But I cannot help think about how many times I have used the word, but. But also I cannot get away from the message title. Fearsome. When fear gets confused with wisdom. Obviously, it's a play on fear and wisdom, but also the point of this message. Money contains a bunch load, haha, of opportunities for fear to manifest. Perhaps the Lord wanted to touch on the money element as much as the message has, so that you understand why your finances may be under attack. Maybe it's because we have some real financial issues in this country, and they do not appear to be getting better. And so he wants us to be prepared to make and distribute. At any rate, just know that I am aware that it's a big part of this message. And now back to the misappropriation of fearstone. I think what triggered this topic is that I have heard it said that it is wise to see a doctor when anything comes up out of the ordinary. Even now, some of you are saying, why, yes, it is, Sir Shelton. I would interject as I just did. At what cost? Doesn't this thinking have the potential to diminish your faith just a little? Should we not say that I go to prayer or to the elders of the church first? James 5, 13, 18. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Well, it doesn't say go to a doctor. It doesn't say see an accountant. Get an attorney. Sue the rich man. Sue the company. Sue my employer. Nope, it doesn't. Let's continue. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another, that you may be healed. 
The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now before I go into the next scripture, what are you praying for? If money is tight, are you praying that God will bless this country? Part of doing that is giving. You sow seeds. You reap what you sow. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Matthew 4, 23. And Jesus went all about Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. 2 Chronicles 16, 12, 13. And in the 39th year of his reign, Azza became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. So Azza rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. 2 Kings 2, 9. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elijah, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. 2 Kings 13.14 Elijah had become sick with an illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, O oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. So James, Matthew, and this verse from Acts shows us what our walk in this stuff can look like. You know by now that I'm a firm believer in using the supernatural power of God in the ministry so that the kingdom is demonstrated in power. 1 Corinthians 4.20 1 Thessalonians 1.5 No supernatural gifts being used, no power. No understanding the kingdom in that regard. Okay, so now I threw in the last two verses from 2 Kings just to show you that I don't have all the answers. Elijah had a double portion and later died of an illness. I do not know why that happened. But because it did, I cannot say that you should all abandon the doctor visits and depend entirely on faith, as I know people who died doing that. And it hurts Christianity more than it tells someone of your deep and profound faith. Imagine your gravestone reading something to this effect. Here lies Bob, who was a man who crossed the bridge of faith on every troublesome aspect life had thrown at him. Unfortunately, one of the aspects took him out. But so now, just don't disguise fear with the cloak of wisdom because you are concerned of getting sick or disease. I have been used to pray for specific people, and they have gotten healed. Some of significant things. Cancer, for example. Now don't go looking me up, as Jesus is more consistent and closer to you than I am. I have prayed for myself and received miraculous healings. So you see, if you are the only person around, the only option, pray on. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe buttons. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.